I'm excited about our series. I wanted to say a quick thank you to Kelly Bloomfield for designing and doing all the artwork here. I know it's out on social media and on on some of you, you have your chairs, you have them on your chairs, but also we have invites in the back on the back table so you can grab those on the way out to to give them to your friends. Um, But the whole title comes from Isaiah 9 verse 6 and it's a prophecy that was made 700 years before Jesus was born. It tells us, for unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And it goes through some names of how we're going to refer to him. And it says, he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. And over the next three weeks, we're going to be taking a look at that prophecy. We're going to be taking a look at those names. And uh, when it comes to naming Children, uh, you know, I, I, I think about naming our first son, Levi. Uh, that was not his original name. Many of you might not know this story, but Lashane and I, when we found out we were pregnant with our first son, we, 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 we talked about what we want to name him, and we put a lot of work into that. You know, we went, this is a big deal. I'm gonna, he's going to be stuck with this thing, at least until he's 18, and then he can change it if he wants to. But he's going to be stuck with this thing. And so we'd look up the meanings of names. And I was really into that. Lashana was really into that. And we'd made our own list of names that we really liked. And um, it was kind of fun. But on the top of both of our lists was the same name, Matthew. And so we didn't really tell many. I don't know if we told anybody. Uh, I joked around with a lot of you about the names I was going to call them. But um, Matthew was at the top of our list. And then I think we had some other similarities in both of our lists, but we had our own individual list. Levi was not on her list. He was number five on my list. And we get to this point where we have, he's born and then he's placed in our arms and we're looking at him and we just say, Matthew. And, you know, this is right after he's born. And we're just looking at him and we're saying, Matthew, and we're looking at each other. And we're just kind of like, there's just an un- something unsettling going on. Here. And then, uh, you know, luckily we hadn't signed the papers. I mean, this is like 30 seconds after he's born. We named him Matthew. And then we waited a little while and babies opened their eyes pretty quickly. And uh, we look at his eyes and we're like, we're just looking at each other. and We're just kind of like. This isn't working for us. He's not Matthew. I don't know what it is, but it's not Matthew. And uh, Lashana is like, he's Levi. And I'm like, yeah, he's Levi. So we called him Levi. And, you know, there's something that goes into names. And it's funny because Levi actually means attached. It means connected. If you know my oldest son, he loves to be with people. He loves to be connected. He is a connector. If you've ever been to a party with him at him there, he is the center of the dance floor. That's just him. And he loves to connect. And I'm like, there's something about names. And when Isaiah prophesies about the names of Jesus, like in the New Testament, it doesn't tell us he's the wonderful counselor, but it speaks to his character. And that's what I'm going to preach on today is this part of his character that makes him a wonderful counselor. And I wanted to define for you today, first of all, that word wonderful, because for us, I think it gets watered down a little bit. It's like, oh, awesome. Oh, that you're so wonderful. You're so nice. 
You're so cute and wonderful. That, that's, and that, we kind of water it down. It gets a little watered down. But the biblical definition, how it was written in the Hebrew, comes from the word pele. P-E-L-E. And this is verified because I just got done going through, going through a training in Genesis. And I had a guy, one of the teachers there, specialized in Hebrew. So I was like, can you verify this for me? And he told me, okay, this is all true because I don't speak Hebrew. I'm doing all this on research online, you know, and you can't believe everything. And he confirms, yeah, it wonderful is translated Pele in Hebrew. And actually, really what it means, I'm going to read a scripture in Exodus chapter 15. Actually, before I continue anymore, let's pray for the service of the sermon. Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you that you are a wonderful counselor. Help us to connect with that. Help us to connect with you this holiday season. Um, help us to connect with your names and what they really mean. We love you. It's in your son's name I pray. Amen. Exodus chapter 15, verse 11. The context of this scripture, I'm not going to put it up on the screen. You can look it up if you want. But the context of this scripture is Jesus, or not Jesus, Moses and the Israelites had just got done crossing through the Red Sea. Where through Moses, God performed an amazing miracle where he parted the Red Sea as he brought them and rescued them out of Egypt. Okay, if you don't know about this, there's a great movie out about it, but you can also read the Bible. It's a lot better. Okay, but they in Exodus 15 are praising God and thanking God for him rescuing them. And in verse 11, it says, who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you? Majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders. Pele. The context of this is a miracle. A miracle that none of us could ever fathom. The word shows up again in Psalm 77. It's going to be up on the screen. Verse 11. When the psalmist writes, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your Pele, your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people. So Jesus being called the wonderful counselor isn't just a guy who gives some nice input or advice. That's what a counselor is. And, you know, the the word counselor is like he, he has the ear of the king. He's a trusted counsel. But no, there is going to be something miraculous about his words. There is going to be something miraculous about the things that he says. His counsel is so wonderful because it goes beyond our human understanding and our natural thought process. Some of the counsel that he gives, he says, humble yourself and you will be exalted. Exalt yourself and you will be humbled. And we all know this to be true. Nobody wants to be around somebody that's exalting themselves. But then the people that are humbling themselves, you tend to want to exalt. And they do get exalted. Or it says, this is just good input. Don't worry about tomorrow. It'll worry about itself. You've got enough things to worry about today. Stop worrying about something that, that's 
just way out in the future or do to others what you would have them do to you. Let me give you a hint. When you're talking to the bill collector or the, the person on the other line, like AT&T or something like that, and you're having to deal with your phone service, treat them nice. I came from that, that industry, worked at AT&T, worked in retail, and I, I would always laugh when people would get mad at me because it was too expensive or they didn't like their bill or something. And I'm like, I didn't set the policy. I didn't make the price. I'm just selling the stuff. And so we can, I can try to help you. And, and when people were nice to me, when they treated me the way I wanted to be treated, guess what I did? I took care of them. Every time I call about my phone bill or my TV, I get a deal. You know why? I'm nice. And if they don't give me a deal by the end of it, I politely say, well, because of my inconvenience, is there anything you can do? And almost 100% of the time, you know what? I'll knock off $10 a month for the next six months. I got you. I got the coupon. I'm like, amen. Treat others the way you want to be treated. It works. It totally works. But his words are powerful. They're life-giving. They hit the heart. But I got to be honest, there's some there's one set of counsel that Jesus gives that I know has miraculous power. But I do not like. In John chapter 12 verse 24, he says this, very truly I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed, but if it dies, it produces many seeds. Anyone who loves their life will lose it. While anyone who hates their life in this world will keep it for eternal life. I don't know about you guys, but that one just doesn't make much sense to me. In my human pea-sized brain, I don't get this one. Wait, if I... Love something like my life, I need to, like, I'm going to lose it. But if I hate something like my life, I will actually keep it for all eternity. Jesus, please explain this one. He says it again in Luke 9, verse 23, something similar to this. This is from the NLT. He says, he said to the crowd, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must... Give up your own way and take up your cross every day and follow me. And if you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And as I preach today, I'm going to put before you but some of the, the, the most miraculous counsel that Jesus gives us is found right here. That is found that in this point of if you give up your life, you will actually save it. Now, before I go, um, I, I want to watch this a short video that I believe really illustrates this point of self-denial in a very powerful way. So let's cue the video.
this year for Christmas, what are you hoping to get? A computer. Big, giant Barbie house. A trophy case. Xbox 360. Minecraft Legos. What do you think your mom or dad want for Christmas? My mom would probably want a ring. She's never really had a ring. Jewelry. She loves jewelry. A new TV. My watches. So, you actually did buy an Xbox 360. What in the world? That's what it is! Okay, you you really got this for me? A new laptop. Wow! It's a necklace! So we also bought a necklace because you said you also wanted to get a necklace for your mom or your auntie. The catch is that you can either get a gift for yourself huh? or you can pick a gift for your mom and dad. I need you to pick one. Now, now before you answer, oh, I bet that's hard. Is that a really hard question? Mm-hmm. What gift do you pick? I choose this. I gotta go with the ring. What gift do you pick? That one. That one. The dress. I'll choose this for my mom. I'll choose this one. It's a really tough question. I'll give him this. You already know? Tell me why. Because Legos don't matter. Lego, your family matters. Not Legos, not toys, your family. So it's either family or Legos, and I choose family. I get gifts every year from my family, and my mom don't get anything. I get a laptop. My mama wants something. She helps me when I'm sick. She helps me with my homework. She gave me a house to live in. They look out for me and do stuff for me, so I need to give back to them. Now I have the opportunity to give them something. Because you actually picked the gift for your family, you're actually going to go home with both. Tell me how you're feeling. I'm feeling really happy and Why? thankful. Just happy. Thankful. For your family? For what? My family. Everything. You did make his decision, actually. And oh he goodness. picked the Pandora Charms. Oh, that is... Hey, it's either family or Legos. And I choose family. I mean, what a great line, huh? I've seen this video like six times, and I keep, I still tear up every time I watch it, because I'm like, wow. You know, in this world that we live in, where it's all about me, 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 I, 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 what can I get? You know, it's, I want to ask you a question. What will you choose? What will you choose? These kids inspired me so much. Because they, they make They make denying themselves look easy, didn't they? I mean, that one kid, he was like, no, get rid of the Legos. You know, but you got to see the struggle a little bit of the self-denial. Like, oh, I don't know. I I like that one, but no, it's my family. I got to give it to my mom or my dad. You saw the battle, but they they, kind of made it look easy. 
Biblical self-denial is one of the greatest things you can do for yourself. Uh, you know, and I say it that way because sometimes we can watch a video like this. We can get inspired. We can even get emotional. I see a few of you got emotional, even some of you hard ones. But the but the, the idea of living your life that way and denying yourself every day, it's so challenging. It's so challenging because I can tell you this for me personally, at my core, I do not want to deny myself. And it's all based on fear. It's because I'm scared of what might be asked of me. I'm scared of what I might lose. I'm scared of, well, what if my voice isn't heard? Or, or, you know, why don't I just get trampled on if I deny myself? Maybe I'll burn out if I deny myself. Or maybe I'll just get tired. Or, or I, I won't have any rights. Or will I have any fun if I deny myself? What if I'm hurting? Do I still have to deny myself? What if I'm sad? You guys thought those type of questions? Is there an exception to denying myself? There's a couple things we need to know about self-denial. One of them, self-denial does not mean self-destruction. I was talking to Ron about this, and, and, I, and I love, Ron shared this line with me before. He said, you have to have a self to deny. Right. So the, the, there's there's something in here where like. You're not it's not you can't destroy yourself. There's something about self-denial like you, you can't give what you don't have. Right. You can't give time. If you don't take time, you can't give money if you're not wise with your money. You can't give your energy if you didn't get sleep. Right. But self-denial, on the other hand, it's, it's one of the things that is required to do some of the best things to strengthen ourselves. Like, I don't like doing my finances. Sometimes doing my finances requires self-denial. But if I decide to just escape and, like, binge watch some of The Mandalorian and look at the cute yoga, Yoda, <laughs> like... Finances don't get done. And in the name of escaping and, you know, and just kind of getting back, like, I just end up more stressed. Or if I choose to just eat my problems away or, or, or binge watch or, you know, you choose sin because it's easier, because it's, it's a nice escape or, or I choose, oh, I just want to relax. I don't want to talk to anybody for, 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 for months. Anybody ever been there? Or you just want to get away for a month straight. And, and you're kind of like, when I come back, I still got the same problems. My kids are still undisciplined. My finances are still there. I'm still not losing weight. You know, it takes a, le a measure of self-denial to do things even for yourself. The things that matter. It takes self-denial to confront conflict. But it is dangerous when you don't. When you decide to escape, oh, I'm just going to ignore it. Bitterness is scary. About this, this is the holiday season. We get busy. We get busy with work. 
You ever had those days where you've just come home after a long day and you do not want to give whatsoever? It takes self-denial to give in that moment because the consequences, if you choose not to deny yourself in that moment, can be huge. For myself, I had a dad who, who would sometimes work two jobs just to take care of us. He loved us, and, he, and we were grateful for the food he would put on the table. But when he would come home, he would disconnect. And what would happen over time, and what I learned about myself over time, is I felt like I had to perform to earn my dad's love. So I had to be good at sports, or I had to be good in school, and I would come home with A's, or come home with fast track times, and be like, Dad, look at this. You know, every single one of my siblings, myself, my brother, my two sisters, have had to talk to somebody, a counselor, or, or seen some kind of specialist or something like that at some point in our lives to, to figure out how to deal with the pain that was caused by a dad who decided to disconnect and to, instead of deny himself when he got home, even after a long day. And I know he tried his best, but there were consequences to the fact that he didn't deny himself. And some of us go through that, where you've had a long day, a 10-hour, 12-hour, 24-hour shift, and you come home, and there's nothing bad about getting a little rest, right? you got to sleep. But it can't go on forever. Let's keep going on the slides. I'm not sure where we're at on that. You know, sometimes the Christian life can be like this. Just don't do it. Oh, just Okay, that's, that's how we view self-denial. But like I said, self-denial is not self-destruction. There has to be a self that you are going to deny. You know, one of the things that I love so much about Jesus, turn over your Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. I want to look at just this story a little bit. I've got I to gotta speed up here, okay? But... uh in Matthew chapter 14, I'll just give you some of the context. Jesus, he was in emotional pain because his cousin John the Baptist had just died. In verse 13, when Jesus had heard what had happened, he withdrew by boat privately to a solitary place. Hearing of this, the crowds followed him on foot from the towns. And when Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them and he healed their sick. And then he goes on to feed 5,000 people or more. Jesus was trying to escape to deal with the hurt that just happened because he lost his cousin. And what happens? People show up. What was he going to say? Hey, I need my time. I need my space. Jesus had every intention of getting away and dealing with the hurts, but he chose to deny himself. And we can miss this. In verse 22, it says, Immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat after he dismissed all the, dismissed all the people and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountain by himself. To pray. And later that night, he was there all alone. And then, you know, so Jesus eventually got to himself. That's why self-denial, it doesn't mean just, I'm just going to pour myself out until people, until I have nothing left. And I'm just going to destroy myself doing it. You know, sometimes in your life, when you're going through even tough times, there is a call to still 
deny yourself a little bit. But there also is still a call to go fill yourself back up like Jesus did. He said, okay, I'm going to meet the needs. I'm going to deny myself. And then I'm going to dismiss the crowd. And then I'm going to deny myself some sleep so I can fill my cup up with my father. And he prayed. It doesn't say how long, but he prayed all night, it says. It just says he prayed into the night. And he does this other miracle where he walks on the water. Why? Because he denied himself. What will you choose? Legos or family? Now I want to switch gears really quick, and I want as I'm close, I'm going to close out. But there, there, there's something that I wrestled with as I was preparing this lesson, and it comes from two scriptures, two two powerful, miraculous scriptures that Jesus said. One of them, he says, love your neighbor as yourself. In other words, you can't love others if you don't know how to love yourself, right? But then he also says to deny yourself daily. And so I asked this question of myself. How can I love the self I'm called to deny at the same time? And when I wrote that down, I just looked at my computer screen for hours because I didn't know what to do. I almost didn't put it in the sermon because I wasn't sure if I could answer it. I just thought and I prayed and I was like, I understand the concept of love my neighbor as I love myself. I understand the concept of deny myself. But how do I put the two together? Because Jesus said both of them. And I believe both are true. How can I love that, the self that I'm called to deny at the same time? And then it dawned on me. Ephesians chapter 4. Turn over there as we close out. And this helped me out so much as I was answering this question. Paul, he writes... That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and you were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self. There we go. Put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires to be made new in the attitude of your mind and to put on the new self. Oh, there's two selves. Okay, I might be able to answer this question a little bit now. There's two selves in me. There's put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, so I get this. The old self, the one that's being corrupted by its deceitful desires, the self that craves sin and selfishness, that, that self that lives in fear and doesn't truly understand the love of God. That's the self I deny. But this new self, the one God created me for, this new self, the, 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 this self, that, that's the one I'm called to love. It's, it's that self that's created to be like God, this self that's full of joy, this self that's full of peace and kindness and gentleness. And I believe that self is in each one of us somewhere. That's the self you're supposed to love. And when you love something, you want to give it away. When you feel joyful, people around you feel the joy. When you feel kindness, people around you benefit from that. When you feel gentleness, people around you want to connect with you. 
You know what I'm talking about? Like there's this self inside each one of us because there's two selves. And you guys know this because every single one of us go throughout the day waging war with the two selves. Do I do this or do I do that? There's one self I deny and there's one self that I love. And when I love that self, I end up giving it, it away because it has all the godly qualities. That self that's gentle, that's loving, that's joyful, that's caring, that's passionate. That self ends up getting magnified. And you want to magnify it. That's the self that I'm called to love. And because I love it, I actually end up giving that away. He goes on. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor. Put off that self. Get Deny that self that, 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 that tells lies that, that, that's false. And, but then magnify and love that self of you that, that wants to tell the truth. And tell people the truth. Do you guys get what I'm saying? This is that, that, that's where you can say, oh man, I've got to love myself, but there's a self that I've got to deny at the same time. It's the self that, that, that God created in us. That's the self that I love. But the self that in, in me that I battle with, the self that Satan's working on all the time, that's accusing me, that's lying to me, I've got to deny that self. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. That's the self I've got to deny. I've got to deny the angry self. But I've got to magnify. I've got to love the self that, that, that is compassionate, that wants to deal with the conflict. He goes on, Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. There's that self in, in us that wants to be critical, that wants to hurt people with our words. Stop it. Lose it. Deny it. But magnify the ones that wants to lift up and encourage. Man, you can change somebody's day. You can change somebody's life by your words. That's the self that I've got to love. That's the self that I'll end up sharing when I really love it. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And then he says, be kind and compassionate. That's the self that you love. The kind self, the compassionate self. Forgive each other just as Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example. Therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. It says, walk in the way of love just as Christ loved us. You see... When you deny your old self and you love the self that God created you to be, you will love others completely the way God intended. And there will be, that will create miraculous unity. That will create miraculous peace. It will create miraculous joy. It will create miraculous friendships because Jesus, he is the wonderful counselor. 
His words are miraculous. They're not always easy to follow. But it takes a lot of faith to deny yourself. But the self that we're denying isn't the one that God's instilled in us. It's, it's the self that's being corrupted. That's the one I've got to deny. Sometimes I, gotta, sometimes I need help to deny that, to be honest with you. Sometimes I need a counselor. Sometimes I need a friend. Sometimes I just need to spend some great time with God in prayer because I've got to deny that self so that I can magnify the self that's created to be like God. And I can share that. And then when I do that, when I do that, I will save my life. I'll also save the life of other people. Isn't that amazing? You can deny yourself and love yourself at the same time. So I was like, wow, this is amazing. I just got to be wise with which self that I'm denying. Because if you deny the wrong self, you'll end up in trouble. You want to deny the wrong self. You get what I'm saying? The bad self. And you want to magnify the self that God's created you to be. You know, one of the things I'm so amazed about the cross with Jesus. He says, just as Christ loved us and he gave himself up as a fragrant offering. And when you study out the cross, it was all motivated because of Christ's godly attributes. Hebrews tells us that joyfully he scorned its shame. Like, that he, he was motivated by his love for us. We read in the Garden of Gethsemane that there was a side of him that kind of didn't want to go through with it. And I think it was because it was, it was, there was the human side that didn't want to deal with the pain. But he was motivated and he magnified the godly side in him. The love side. The compassion side. The side that wanted to be with you and me for all eternity. And because of that example, we have the opportunity to spend eternity with Jesus. Because he demonstrated to us, like, how do I actually deny myself? How do I lay my life down for my friends? He showed it to us in a perfect way. And with that, he set this example as our wonderful, miraculous counselor. With, man, how can I actually save my life? Well, I've got to lose it. I've got to get rid of this old self. I want to magnify the new self. And then watch what God will do with that in your life. He can do amazing things in your life and the lives of your family. He gave because he loved. We are saved because of his self-denial. I want to challenge you as a church. One to study this out, maybe try to answer that question. How can I love myself I'm called to deny at the same time? Ask yourself, wow, like, am I denying the right self? Am I denying the right self? Am I letting go of the Legos? And, 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 and am I choosing family? Am I choosing the people in this room? Am I choosing the people in this city, in this world? Am I letting go of the right stuff? So that I can choose those people. Because I can tell you this much. When you deny the self that's not created by God. You will just want to choose other people. 
Because that's the heart that God implanted in each one of us. It will just start to come natural. Church, I love you all so much. I want to encourage you to to heed the words of our Savior. Our wonderful Counselor. You did an amazing job today, just as an example of self-denial, where where you gave toys today. And, And this is going to meet needs not just this weekend, but all throughout the year. Thank you so much for your self-denial. Thank you so much for your sacrifice. But don't let it stop here. Let's keep it going. Let's let go of the Legos. And choose family. Amen? Let's stand up as we close in one final song.